live from the State Street Executive Squash Court. Oh, I've done, have they moved on to pickleball? No, they're sticking with squash. Pickleball is too plebeian. It's the ESG Industries only weekly woke data po- podcast featuring BS man Matt Biscardi. Yeah, I'm overwhelmed today. Good. I don't even. I'm not even gonna lie. In today's ever clear sunny gold called May seventeenth, twenty twenty three, random ESG headlines, an anti ESG update from uh, Matt Biscardi, and a word from our sponsor about director elections. Is that what? Ooh, oh, I love a word from our. Sponsored. You hear that word, people? Sponsored. Our show today is being sponsored by S Gauge, your ESG data solutions provider. Yeah, S Gauge for doing it right. Let we need to. We can't even fool around. I think there's so much to talk uh, about. Okay, let's today. just get through my stuff. All right, here we go. It's your favorite music. I don't really understand this music. <laughs> Although it's because we're American. Doing the news. I was going to say, that might be the theme music for the National Center for Public Policy Research. They might appreciate that music. (laughs) All right. Move it. it Random ESG headlines first. I try to limit it to just a couple. CEO Elizabeth Holmes loses. Oh, she's Elizabeth again. And mostly I'm only, uh, well, okay. Yeah, that's true. How do I, is she Liz? Is she Elizabeth? And I'm mostly (laughs) just reporting on this because I'm I'm re-plugging our corporate theater podcast from yesterday. So download that and, re- yeah, and listen to it and share it. Was it was really good. All about Elizabeth really Holmes. Good. She loses her bid to avoid prison and Aww. hit with a $452 million restitution bill. Most of oh. which I read it will be going to Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. Cause remember this, <laughs> All right. remember what she, what she was found criminally liable of was defrauding investors, right? Investors, yeah. yeah. One of whom was Rupert Murdoch, who will now get the money back to pay for that defamation suit. Thank God, it's just in time. And to find a new Tucker. I don't that think must be expensive. I don't, I don't know that they're going to have to look that hard. Yeah, they could call like the National Center for Public, for public Policy, policy Research. Research. They, have, they have a bunch of Tuckers. <laughs> uh, how about this one, Matt? Speaking of CEOs, CEOs, college dropout and open AI CEO Sam Altman. He was in front of Congress yesterday here in the United States. Oh, okay. He was actually asking for more regulation uh, over AI. Asking for regular regulation over AI, right? Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. You know how you yeah. regulate it? Mm-hmm. Stop making it. <laughs> okay. Tell me if this is surprising to you or not. I found this fascinating in light of everything we cover here. He confirms that he owns zero equity in open AI. Is that a, but is that a good thing maybe? So he's really the anti Mark Zuckerberg, I suppose. That that makes his eyeball scanning world coin make much more sense. Okay. If you got he zero some scratch, you need some money somewhere else. <laughs> Yeah, you got zero equity in the thing that you run that's going to be multi-trillion dollar. better about this, that he's not a dictator of open AI? I mean, do you feel better or worse? Well, who does own the equity? Well, this is what we don't know because it's not publicly traded. Right, so maybe we feel worse? I mean, we know Microsoft owns a chunk of it. 
No? Yeah, Microsoft bought in, but they're supposed to be a nonprofit, and then they switched to be a quasi-for-profit in order to then go back to a nonprofit. The whole thing is... I thought it was interesting, though, but uh, uh, I got a woke data war update, anti-woke update. I know, you don't want to hear my, this. This is what I spent all morning on. No, well, you didn't cover this, but I I, I was going to avoid all this. I was going to avoid the, the, the anti-woke stuff and the Elon Musk crap. I didn't. I think I did officially avoid Elon Musk. So that's good. But Except you just talked about him. Uh, there's a new entry into the Bud Light stories, and that's Miller Light. And oh, here's the problem: is uh, the headline is women drinking beer clothed. Why are right wingers melting down over Miller Light? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a commercial. Uh, pointing to long-standing sexism in beer ads that has sparked outrage and led to a campaign of harassment. Uh, conservatives are hopping mad after discovering a two-month-old Miller Lite commercial that was released during Women's History Month. I, where, does, where is everybody when things happen? <laughs> I mean, the Dylan Mulvaney thing was like from December, wasn't it? It wasn't it like, there's like this long lag between when something happens and anyone notices. I mean, they're pretty dopey, these people. So you know, <laughs> give me a break. So Miller, this is a this is a self-owned from Miller Lite talking about the, the long history of misogyny in beer advertising. And no one can really refute that. I mean, have you, look, just spend seven seconds Googling old Super Bowl commercials, yeah. like from the 90s, sure. and you will realize. I don't think you have like, to go, go that Daddy, far back. You don't have to go that go far Daddy back. GoDaddy literally exists because of cleavage. Yeah. That was it. That was the whole thing. Unlike Anheuser-Busch, which punted and in fact fired uh, the woman in charge of giving Dylan Mulvaney a can of beer. Mm-hmm. One can, one time. Uh, they're yeah. they're acting very different over at Miller Lite, which I believe is owned by Molson Coors. I think it's actually owned by Anheuser Busch. Oh, is Molson Coors okay? Well, the Guardian has this wrong though because they're claiming that uh, Molson Coors is reacting very differently than Anheuser Busch. Oh no, yeah, Molson Coors is listed in as as the owner but somebody else had the has it as and they were rushed too here's what okay but here's what no one knows who owns here's what a company spokesperson said from molson cores this video was about two things warm poop because they're talking about that they're gonna take the old ads they're gonna shred them down the old misogynistic ads they're gonna shred them they're gonna turn them into fertilizer to help grow, you know, more. Wait, back up. Yeah. This is an executive who said this? Yes, this is an executive. This video was about two things, warm poop and saying women should not be forced to mud wrestle in order to sell beer. Ne- <laughs> Neither of these things should be remotely controversial, and we hope beer drinkers can appreciate the humor and ridiculousness of this video from back in March. So this, so they're wow. actually like, F you, right? What? Um, they didn't just say it was that one time. And I don't know the number. I don't have the data around this, but the number of times an executive have had to point out that something was about warm poop. <laughs> They're also supporting the woman who came up with this ad campaign by saying uh, people can take issue with our ads or our brands, but we won't stand by as people personally attack our employees, especially given that these are... Uh, 
Matt, this is the good part, especially given that these are company decisions and are never made by one single person. I mean, really, are these not like the biggest business pants fans ever? They basically took everything we complained about and turned it into a win here. I mean, that was like Ari and Jesse's point that you had to get vetted by seven different people. Incredible. And, and they're just saying, yeah, Incredible. it does. Yeah. yeah, so I had to point this out because this one, I don't know, this was just fantastic. This is really good. That's uh, good. I, you know what? I'm going to drink nothing but terrible <laughs> Miller Lite from now on. Yes. Ah! Moving on, I found three maybe interesting proxy votes. I have interesting in air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. First, let's start at uh, Intel. Actually, let's end at Intel because it kind of... It, it, it goes into what you're talking about. My nonsense. Let's start at AIG. AIG CEO and chair Peter Zafino. He got $75 million in pay last year because he got a special equity grant grant worth $50 million. And why, Matt? It's, it's because uh, he has exemplary leadership, unique financial, technical, and operational <laughs> capabilities. <laughs> Matt, he's only been there That's for two years. He's been there for two years. He gets a special $50 million equity dump. All he has to do to get that money is to stay on the job for five more years. No performance hurdles. Just be alive and keep your job. Well, it's a high barrier. Um, well, let wait, me tell you. Was, yeah. he, was he up for being poached? Is that the, like, uh, uh, did he get a uh, job offer and went to the board and was like, I got a job offer I'm considering? And they were like, here's 50 million bucks. Stick well, around. here's what shareholders say. They say a big fat no. Yeah. 68% uh, said no. 68%. 68%. That's well, huge. huge. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. When your methodology is unique financial, technical, and operational <laughs> capabilities, how could you say no? Yeah. Uh, um, can we do what? At what point, how far removed from 2008 do we have to be to stop only thinking about AIG as the company that? blew up in 2008 like the i still that's the only thing i think about the best part of all this is that when you're in the proxy statement they they give you all kinds of tables and stuff about the percentage of of ceo pay that's this and the percentage of that but they, for each one they give there's a footnote that says not including the ceo's 50 million dollar special equity <laughs> award <laughs> uh, and finally norfolk southern remember norfolk southern oh yeah vaguely i mean the they, biggest the Probably the stop doing trains because they got woke. Right? Yeah, the probably the biggest apology tour so far of 2023 is a horrific uh, accident there in Ohio. Uh, Alan, CEO Alan Shaw has apologized to well has not apologized to everything. Yeah, yeah. I think he eventually eventually came apologized and said something that was vaguely resembling an apology. This yeah. company was an absolute shit show. I was waiting. I, I I was very excited for the annual meeting to see how shareholders react, Matt. This is how they reacted. Nobody is mad at nothing or nobody. In fact, <laughs> CEO Alan Shaw got the highest percentage of yes votes for re-election. 99%. Wow. 99% <laughs> are with this guy. You can't get 99% of humans to agree the sky yeah. is blue. And only one director, Matt, someone that you talked about, the, sa the, the, the chair of the safety committee, Michael Lockhart, only one got over... 10% no votes. That was him, Michael Lockhart. He got 88% said yes. 88%. Actually, let, let's pause for a second and mm -hmm. congratulate ourselves. Yeah. That ahead. was entirely us. 
Like, there is nobody. He was not in the news once. There was no reports about him. There's no, like, analysis of him. Our data pulled him out and said, look how bad he is at stuff. Yeah. I think they that people are listening. I guess, Finally. but all he's going to get is a red flag at MSCI. That's about all he'll he get. He won't even. No, won't I think even? he's still don't above they, the don't... threshold. Is it, is it no, 90% it's above 10%. Isn't it above oh, 10% oh, now? All right, good. <laughs> now, a negative 0.1 deduction. Okay, the last one I, I tagged was from Intel. So a group wanted a third, this is a shareholder proposal, a group wanted a third-party review of whether the company's activities and expenditures related to doing business in China align with its ESG commitments. So basically this group was was saying that, was touting the virtues of its ESG initiatives, right? It was supporting the ESG commitments and saying, well, what about China? Are you doing this in China too, right? Oh, interesting. Oh, this, yeah. hmm, this tastes anti-woke to me, but okay. also not. Yeah, I'm very confused by this, and this is where I'm going to hand off to you, Matt, because uh, it, again, they're touting intel's esg commitments right uh and this this is coming from the national center for public policy research which which you have pointed out many times is the most anti-esg organization going so they're so this is what they're doing they're they're i don't even understand you're gonna have to help me they're using their fake love of esg to be anti-china like what are they even doing here matt i don't understand this okay well i can tell you this is this is called this is the old trick proposal Help in me. which they are trying to make it sound like an ESG proposal. Like right. all we're trying to do is be like all the ESG proposals, but they're also trying to use it to say like, uh, you're all Chinese globalists loving. So is whatever. this about what? greenwashing? This is about that they're too pro China. Is this about like being, being snarky jerks? Like what is this about? I, I, <laughs> it's really hard to, uh, I'll tell you the shareholders, shareholders were not buying this one. They supported this to the tune of, Point zero four percent. Wow, a solid point zero four. Matt, that's even less than a tenth of one percent. I mean, you could probably count the number of votes that is at like one voter, right? Like that's yeah. Strive's holdings. Is yeah, it's probably that Strive's holdings. <laughs> it's yeah. just Strive. So that's um, the that's the segue, uh, and, and I'll also give you this as the other segue is that the the, the Wall Street Journal had a had a, 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 a kind of a piss poor, sad propaganda piece yesterday. Uh, it's in its op ed. Its editorial board had us had a story called the ESG proxy vote ranking. Is your asset manager voting based on the interests of investors or for political agendas? Uh-oh. No. What, bro? So I handed it off to you. I didn't really want to cover this, but I got into the rabbit hole too, but you have a lot more reporting on this. So, yeah, there's yeah. a lot here. So actually, can we do this? Can we turn it over to Paul for oh. now and then oh, we'll come back tease. to me? Oh, a tease. Yeah. So when we come, we'll back, come back, to this. we're going to dive into the Wall Street Journal's anti-ESG editorial. There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> oh, okay, God. here we go. Hello, Paul Hodgson here from S-Gage Statistic of the Week. I've dragged myself off my sickbed to make this recording, so hopefully I won't cough my way through it. So we're going to look at director elections this week, and we're going to look at them in terms of the numbers of directors receiving significant votes against their election. So they're looked at in two ways, directors receiving less than 70% of shares voted, and the number of directors receiving less than 50% of shares voted. 
Now, over the years, the number of directors receiving less than 70% of shares voted has steadily increased from 304 in 2018 to 448 in 2022. There are only 99 so far in 2023, but it's early days uh, in this year's proxy season. On the other hand, the number of directors receiving less than 50% of shares voted has gone up and down uh, over the years from 53 in 2018 to 89 in 2022, uh, but it was at a high of 104 in 2021. So I'm just going to switch out the analysis a little bit here and look at the statistics um, by index as well. So we're looking at these, those figures were for the Russell 3000. So what we're looking at now are figures for the Russell 3000 and the S&P 500. Now I'm just going to look at the 2022 figures, which is the latest full year, the one with 448 of directors receiving less than 70% of shares voted. And looking at them by index, you can see there's the vast majority of those directors receiving less than 70%. And also the vast majority of those receiving less than 50% were found in the Russell 3000 outside the S&P 500. Only 54 directors received less than 70% of shares voted in the S&P 500, and only 10 received less than 50% of shares voted in the S&P 500. So most of the directors receiving low vote support um, are in smaller companies, mid caps and small caps. And that pattern is repeated for all of the years back to 2018. So now I'm going to switch the analysis from index to sector. And what we're looking at now, again, we're looking at 2022, the last full year. And we can see that, in fact, uh, there are a number of significant differences in the fortunes of directors by industry. Uh, for example, communication services, consumer staples, uh, materials and utilities very rarely get any significant votes against directors. Uh, very small numbers there. On the other hand, healthcare, information technology, financials, and consumer discretionary companies are much more commonly receiving significant votes against directors. In healthcare, for example, 115, much higher than anybody else, uh, directors received less than 70% of shares voted. And only 21 received 50%, less than 50% of shares voted. But again, both of those are much higher figures than almost everybody else except consumer discretionary, where 23 directors received less than 50% of the shares voted. The next highest number of directors receiving less than 70% is in information technology at 61. And then there's financials at 55 and consumer discretionary also at 55. Of course, these numbers pale into insignificance when looked at the number of directors being elected overall, uh, which runs in the tens of thousands. However, the statistics do indicate a growing level of dissatisfaction with directors and a growing willingness to vote against them. So this is Paul Hodgson with S-Gage Statistic of the Week signing off. And I managed to get through it without coughing. Wow. He did sneeze so, a few times, though. <laughs> so first of all, I do want to say, Paul, that what he said about directors in oil and gas and energy getting fewer votes against mm -hmm. directly contradicts what I'm about to tell you. Ooh, uh, the, I like it. The anti-woke want a us to think. Double segue. 
So you like that? Like that segue? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Let's do this thing. All right. So uh, first of all, I want to do a proxy vote of my own before I come back to that editorial um, in the okay. The op-ed you're in the you're entitled. Channel. You can order any way you want. And here's why: because. You mentioned a few of these interesting air quote proxy votes mm-hmm. um, about anti wokey ESG confusing things. They're doing it better now because now they've gone full QAnon. Here is a vote from Marriott International. It is item number six on the proxy if you're reading it. It is a resolution requesting the company publish a congruency report on partnerships with globalist organizations. Now, if globalist. that feels a little um, hard right kind of a talking little? point, <laughs> you don't really hear globalist in a proxy. Unless anywhere. you're listening to an Elon Musk tweet, you don't, yeah, you don't typically hear that language. This is one file. In fact, I've never, seen, I've never seen anything so openly ever. either anti-semitic or QAnon or whatever it's, it is i mean it's it's picked its lane and it really yeah. is in its lane mm-hmm. it was filed by the national center of public policy research one of the largest anti-woke proxy filers and um they what they want is uh a, an, an analysis a report disclosing how voluntary partnerships with these globalist organizations is congruent with shareholder duty I guess Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. kind of what they want. Here's the proponent statement. They basically list out that Marriott does not list themselves as a partner or associated with in any way um, with the World Economic Forum, the Business Roundtable, Council of Foreign Relations, the Rockefeller Foundation, the globalist groups or the Bilderberg group, which I am now going to think of these five as the globalists. I didn't realize I I just thought it was World Economic Forum, but there's five of them now. The Business Roundtable is a globalist group. Okay. Um, And then they list all the things that aren't listed on Marriott's website, Mm -hmm. including that the World Economic Forum sponsored by Marriott, as in they sponsored conferences so that people would stay in their hotels. They were angry about that. They didn't disclose that. This is Um, They're angry about the fact that Marriott International is sponsoring... (laughs) Some of, their international ho- some of their conference. hotels that exist across the globe, including ones at convention centers that house things. Angry. Like, yeah. Okay. That was enough to make one angry. Sure. Um, that they had a... Feels um, very bottom line though, doesn't it? Like, to support your bottom line, would you not want to be supporting these international I mean, hotels that are your product? The conference does have people that go to it and need to stay in hotels. It does Ostensibly, seem to, we don't have <laughs> to line up very neatly. Yeah. Um, the business roundtable, the CEO sits on the business roundtable alongside, may I add, Lynn Good of Duke Energy, Lance Fritz of Union Pacific, Greg Hayes of Raytheon, Doug McMillan of Walmart, Scott Kirby of United Airlines. These are all the wokes, right? They're all sitting on these the business roundtable, the wokies. Mm-hmm. The Council of Foreign Relations, they they mentioned that um, a, a, a past executive, a, a former Marriott president was on the Council of Foreign Relations. Former president? A 
former president. This was right. a problem. They didn't disclose that someone who used to work at Marriott years ago sat on this thing. And finally, they they talk about Denise Naguib, um, who is yes. their sustainability officer who worked with the Rockefeller Foundation on a thing. What she did was write a blog post with the Rockefeller Foundation. So that's okay. the association, the deep association happening. Um, they accuse the board of concealing these partnerships and that these partnerships are the radical agendas are troubling, including how World Economic Forum advocates for transhumanism, abolishing private property, eating bugs, uh -huh. social credit systems, and the Great Reset. Okay. Now, I did a piece-by-piece -piece detail of yep. what those things are. No mm -hmm. one wants to hear it. Suffice it to say that none of it makes sense. Like, all of it is taken well, out of context. I'll tell you how much it really doesn't make sense is that uh, it, caught up in this anti-globalist, anti-Semitic rhetoric is Elon Musk, who is, who is tweeting bizarrely about George Soros, blah, 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 you know. But that the woman he just appointed, the, the, the glass cliffiest woman ever, Linda Yaccarino, to be the CEO of Twitter, used to work at the World Economic Forum. So... <laughs> yeah. So, which he has said that he hates and his followers hate. So the whole thing is just nonsense. It's just, it's, it's a bunch of nonsense. Very, very confusing. Okay, yeah. But all I'm saying is, I expect the proxy vote game of the mm -hmm. anti-woke to, they're going to up their game. If we're talking about globalists and votes. So it's going to, so we're going to start to mirror like Trumpian rhetoric. It's going to get dirtier and more vulgar. Is that what you're I saying? I mean, isn't that the only place this can go? I mean, they're talking about one of the things that bothered them about their association with the World Economic Forum is the World Economic Forum says to eat more bugs. Well, okay. Like, we know how that. How is this relevant? We, we know that most corporations try to exclude shareholder proposals. I wonder if, I wonder if the corporations tried to exclude, say, this one or. Yes. Or, or okay. I'm sure. But th but then again they try to exclude them all. So that's not really saying yeah. anything, right? The, well, it is funny to that the board had to respond to this one. Mm -hmm. They don't have to respond, Without but they do. Yeah. Just writing in ha 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 ha, yeah, ha yeah. this is a joke, right? Mm -hmm. Um because they had to say that the the company and its members and leaders represent industry and business interests globally. I mean, Marriott International represents business interests globally. Okay. Globally. Yeah, they had yeah. to say that. They had to write that down. Um, and they had to say that these organizations generally provide opportunities to get new clients. Yeah, they're, they're giant networking groups of other CEOs, like that, which is basically what the S&P 500 board of directors system is. That's, that's all yeah. it is. So why don't we just... And, we should have proposals just to cancel boards. We should have no more boards. We should have no more companies, no more corporations. We shouldn't have people. <laughs> there you go. Answer correct. <laughs> um, the, and, and that all of these partnerships were reviewed by their global public policy oh, team, the president no. and CEO oh, and senior executive leaders. They admitted to having a globalist uh, executive. They, they admitted to? that they looked at these things. It wasn't secret. Mm -hmm. In fact, they even said they disclosed this on one of their websites. Sure. So they're not, none of this is hidden. Um, and they did, they had to add at the end, we don't endorse every policy position, but basically we're, and to ask us to do a report on everybody else's policy positions and whether or not we agree with them and how is not feasible. Mm -hmm. So I expect that 
the National Center for Public Policy Research, which is led by a man named Dave Ridenour. Yeah, he took over for his sister who founded the organization who, who died. And he's been running it for 37 years. Prior to doing actually this, he was um, his own LinkedIn says um, uh, that he's very proud of this. Mm-hmm. That, um, his, it says the National Center of Public Policy Research is a free market think tank described by Nation magazine as crucial gear and the rights propaganda factory. Right. He wrote that into proud. his bio. He's very proud well, of the it. Nation, he is a yeah, propagandist. That, the Nation is just a bunch of loons. Prior to doing this, mm-hmm. he was an executive director at something called the U.S. Youth Council, Ooh, which was a CIA-funded right. front Ooh. to look for communists in the 60s in youth groups. Wow. I'm not lying. This is all real. It's, wow. all, it's all right there. And it was dissolved when he was there because Congress made a rule that said you cannot spy on American citizens anymore. And then right. they lost all their funding and went bankrupt. Hmm. Good to know. That, that's what he did before, okay? Yeah. Let's bring this back. So let's bring this back to the, the, the op-ed piece, Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal op-ed, which is my favorite op-ed of yeah. any op-ed I've ever read. And by that, I mean the stupidest. Yeah, it's, it was, it's, it's hard to get through, to be honest, but go ahead. It was written by the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. Well, no, well, the, the, the okay, the, the op-ed was okay, written by the editorial right. board about the, this about paper. About a report. From the committee to unleash prosperity. That sounds like the excellence group again, right? I unleash, mean, the, the unleash to, prosperity. Yeah. So they wrote an op-ed about this paper released by the committee to unleash prosperity, mm-hmm. who unleashed a report unleashing grades on how funds unleash wokeness through their votes. Right. Sure. Like, there's a lot of unleashing going on. Yeah. This is this is what they did. They hand selected what they called the fiduciary free 50. Yes. Yeah, so that's a, it's catchy. I like that. Fiduciary. Isn't that great? That's alliteration, Matt. There's not enough. Fiduciary free 50. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. In which they picked, they hand selected. Hand selected. That sounds f- like a robust methodology. Yes. The hand 50, selected. This is, this is a quote. They, they picked the 50 quote, most radical proposals related to left wing activism. Yes. They picked yes. 50 I'm shareholder proposals. Yeah, I'm already frightened. Radical left wing. Yeah, Radical. Kill Whitey, I think. Yeah, that that's what they <laughs> that, that's, that was the title of each one. Yeah. <laughs> they t- then went through and they assigned scores. Mm-hmm. They said if a fund votes for one of these radical left wing fiduciary yes. free 50, they get 0 points. Mm-hmm. If they abstain, they get 5 points. So basically they quit and don't vote. Yeah. And if they vote against it, they get 10 points because they must love America. Yeah. I, I, help me out, though, with this 50 of the most extreme ESG-oriented proposals because I, I couldn't really figure out how they determined that. Were you able to determine how they picked these? Well, I, there was one clear pattern. Yes. 24 of the 50 just said anything related to climate change. Okay, but there are se- but there are several dozen others, right, that yeah, say well, climate well, change? They, they picked it at 50 big companies. That's oh, all they did. Okay, but still, I don't, sure, you're not exactly explaining a methodology here. Well, I'm pretty sure what they did, because they, don't, they did not mention a data source. Sure. I'm pretty sure what they did was go to Proxy Monitor, which mm-hmm. is run by the Manhattan Institute. I go Institute, there. Yeah. A free governance it's, it's a great source mm-hmm. of proxy votes. Yep. Their, their website, if you want to see it, it covers a Fortune 250. Mm-hmm. 
And you can see every vote for the last like 20 years there. Yeah. It's really a, a I use it all out. the time. Great I'm resource. Sure that's where they basically just looked for the wokest things they could see there in the last well, but year. But again, wokest by what set of criteria? Do we know? Well, I think they don't know either. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's the important part. Because here's part. what I found. Yeah. Among the fiduciary free 50, the radical left-wing agenda, activist agenda in proxy voting, they identified these two proposals. Mm-hmm. One at Twitter, considered radical left-wing activism. Yes. Filed by the National Legal and Policy Center. Yeah. And it actually says it's about a racial... Oh, no. it's, it's This one's about um, uh, lobbying. Yeah. Political and expenditures. Nas- it turns out the National Legal and Policy Center is an anti-woke... Oh, so they did. Activist. So, as part of the methodology to pick the fifty most left-wing proposals, they didn't actually read they the did. proposals. They didn't actually. <laughs> they, they, didn't they just read picked the things that they were triggered by. Yeah, what, whether it came from the left wing or the right wing, they just picked things. So they they managed to sneak this right wing one in <laughs> in the radical left wing ones. Yeah, and they picked this proposal at Johnson and Johnson okay. for a racial equity audit. Now we know. Yes. From Strive Asset Management. Sounds very woke. The number one thing you ask your financial advisor about is number you, one. Yeah. Do you care about black people? Have you, if this is a racial equity audit, then I'm out. Yes. Has this company if, if ever you're, done it? If you're even thinking about fighting systemic racism, we're, we're, goodbye. Goodbye. Vote against. Vote against. You're out my, as my manager. You're not yeah, excellent. That this was is America. Strive's, this, that was Strive's suggestion is the first question you should ask mm-hmm. every financial advisor. Yes. They fi- they basically highlighted this proposal for a racial equity audit at Johnson & Johnson as super anti-woke radical leftist agenda. Super duper left. Filed by the National Center for Public Policy. <laughs> filed by <laughs> the same exact people who... We just talked about. So, uh, I mean, globalists. And you haven't, it's not like you've looked at all 50 of the most extreme left wing ESG proposals, but you've already found two that actually came from the right wing. I hand selected, <laughs> I randomly was clicking through the links and actually reading them. Yeah. And here's the quote from the proposal quote, mm-hmm. if the company is in the name of racial equity, diversity, and inclusion, committing illegal discrimination against employees deemed non diverse, sure. that's the problem. Yeah. What they said is, you are discriminating against white people by including black people. That's yes. what the, the proposal yes. was about, right? Strong stand there. To make this worse, mm-hmm. the National Center for Public Policy and the Committee to Unleash Prosperity actually has a guy who works in both places. Who's DeRoy that? Murdoch, okay. no relation to the Murdoch family. Not DeRoy yet. DeRoy Murdoch, O-C-K, mm-hmm. last name, mm-hmm. is a fellow at the National Center for Public Policy and an advisory board member at the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. They have the same people working uh, at shocking. each other. You know, while we're on the topic, can I just quickly show you that, tell you that the, the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, it's run by four principal people. I'll quickly tell you who they are. It's Nep- One is Nepo Baby, Steve Forbes. Ooh. Steve Forbes, uh, he's part of a lot of this hand-wringing and crying about ESG. He's, you always see him there. He's always around. We have the co-authors of Trumponomics. That's Arthur Laffer and Steve Moore. 
Ooh, Arthur um, Laffer. Yeah, he's a guy. S- Steve Moore co-founded the Club for Growth with um, with Harlan Crow, who is a billionaire in the news because oh, he's the sugar daddy of uh, Clarence Thomas. Oh, no, really? And then Phil Kirk Kirpin, who co-founded another one of these groups with the money from the Koch brothers. So it's Aww. it's just an incestuous group of people kind of... It's an echo oh, well. chamber of, of, of what I call, and I think this is the official language, disgruntled old rich white dudes. And I'm uh, not even saying yeah. that flippantly. That, when you not, look yeah, at the principles of these groups, it is... <laughs> They're all white it's men. It's always disgruntled old rich white dudes. Always. Um, and you mentioned Steve Forbes. Now, mm-hmm. I didn't do a deep Nepo dive, baby Steve Forbes, but yeah. Nepo baby Steve Forbes, actually, he heads the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, he was at <laughs> just, the Heritage. Just when you say that, it's hard not I know. to giggle. It's, it's ridiculous. He yeah. was at the Heritage Foundation with Ed Hazelmayer, yeah. who is on the board of National Center for Public Policy. Well, there you go. So yeah. they're all linked here. It's not that hard. Um, and so not only do they do right-on-right crime by selecting two proposals filed by the anti-woke as radical left agenda, but... They actually, in the methodology I could discern, because I don't know how they picked the 50, it just seems random, mm-hmm. they gave them grades. Mm-hmm. So they gave them grades A through F. That, yeah, I like that. Yeah, That's easy, right? Yeah. And they, they created basically percentages for how often they voted for or against these terrible, terrible left-wing agenda proposals. Mm-hmm. That they or, turn into a zero or, to ten score, or as your reporting has turned out, some some of them are actually right wing. I'm right wing confused by this, but whatever. Some agenda, keep, apparently. Keep going, yeah, keep going. Um, but th- it's very simple, right? Like they take a number and divide it by the total, and you get a percentage yeah. of the possible, right? So, mm-hmm. so for instance, BlackRock, according to their score, out of a total number of like seventeen thousand points, they get like you know some thousand, and it came to a six point eight. They just took sixty-eight okay. percent times ten, six point eight. Now, if you were to take a five-letter scale sure. and break it up yeah. into a zero to ten score, the easy thing to do... The five, obvious thing to do, you mean. Ten divided by five yeah. means every two points you go to a new letter grade. Qu- that's what quint- they do... Quintiles. Yeah. That's, that's what they do everywhere. Quintiles. Right? Well, <laughs> if you had done that... Yeah. The problem was... Mm-hmm. That BlackRock and J.P. Morgan get Bs. They oh, if, actually if you do actual look, like normal quintiles. They actually look anti-woke. Yeah. According to regular math. So how so do they do it? In order to avoid that. Yeah. They <laughs> so made the stupid. scales. Yeah. 1.9, 1.9, 1.9, 2.5, 1. Point, they just change the size of what you consider A, B, C, D, E, and F. Like A, B, C, D, F. Okay. Such that they couldn't make it work so that BlackRock would have been an F. That would have been great. But instead, they managed to make BlackRock a C and J.P. Morgan a C. And they were happy enough with that, saying, like, look, they're they're woke. They're pretty woke. Yeah. Well, you know what they did, which is just absolutely wonderful, which I, I love the most, Matt, is that it, it's not actually an A, B, C, D. This is how stupid they are, which I love. <laughs> I love you guys for this. So if you're listening, I know you are. Please call us. It's not actually A, B, C, D, F. It's not actually a typical quintile system. There's a, there's one you're forgetting, Matt. I'm not forgetting. 
Yeah. Oh, are you going to talk about it? They, there's well, an F minus. <laughs> yes, there is. There's actually something worse than failure. Yeah. Which yeah. is they split the F in <laughs> half in order to show how bad some yeah, people so were. Yeah, so F is from F zero to stuff. three, essentially. And there's a, there's a sub... There's a sub failure category, which. But you can see yeah. how badly this works. <laughs> yeah. When I look at real math, mm -hmm. JP Morgan and BlackRock end up with B grades. Fidelity, T. Rowe Price, Vanguard end up with A grades. Love State it. Street ends up with a C, which means 90% mm -hmm. of the, lar the largest portfolio managers in the world, they call not woke. That doesn't make such a great report for the committee to unleash prosperity. No. That doesn't, that's not really unleashing much prosperity. So the best thing you can do is just change the grades just enough so that State Street is a D, BlackRock and JP Morgan are Cs, and we can flip out about how woke everybody is in the entire world. Yeah, because according to the math, uh, Goldman Sachs, State Street, TIA, crap, they'd all be Cs. They'd all be C's. But somehow they magically enter D category. According to real math, mm -hmm. um, most of them are just, they're, they're actually, they would all be woke. So yep. that's what I got for you. I love it. Somebody that had is, to do it. Somebody had to do it. Honestly, this, this, may not, this may sound like a rambly mess because I spent four hours this morning. Oh, I feel your pain. There, it, it is a labyrinth. <laughs> it is a rabbit hole labyrinth of weirdness when you start to go into these organizations' websites. But this is how, like, if you want to shit on ESG ratings, every time you come up with a rating, there's something in there that you can find that's ridiculous. And yeah, but we would one, never get away with this type of methodology. I know. I mean, this is this is I don't know what the this stupidest is. methodology. <laughs> the, the gaps are... Uh, the the stupidest gaps of any gaps I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. This makes no sense. No, it, unless you really want a BlackRock to well, be C, or unless it's just a bunch of political theater. Oh, that's which not I'm not possible. suggesting it is. <laughs> Speaking of theater, that's our show. You should go see the actual Corporate Business Pants Theater starting June 3rd, That's right. June 9th in Portland, Maine. You yeah, can go see on. the Business Pants just, Corporate Theater Just players. voted by U.S. News World Report as the sixth best place to live. Come on, what are you waiting for? Come visit. And the Corporate Theater was just voted by my kids and wife, the funniest show that they make. I make them listen to uh, in the car. <laughs> That's so making me feel sad. You need to go see them. Otherwise, come back tomorrow where we'll play some sort of game, and that's it. Good. <laughs> <laughs>